What is up, divers? Welcome into the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on my main platform, being Twitter at Deep Dive FF or on Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football. Also, if you are looking for more Dynasty content from me, join me and the Rewind team at Dynasty Rewind on YouTube and wherever you enjoy your podcasts where we dive deep into all things Dynasty Fantasy Football. With that being said, let's get to the content. What's up, divers? Welcome into another episode of Deep Dive Fantasy Football. Just remember, if you want to hear more from me in terms of breaking down specific games, head on over to Dynasty Rewind. Check out the Patreons, $5 a month for five bonus podcasts per week. With that said, we're going to do a quick little injury roundup. There are some significant injuries, but not a large amount of injuries to go over. And then we're going to get into starts, sits, all that stuff like we've been doing. And I'm actually going to start keeping myself accountable So I went back the past weeks and actually kept track and looked at, hey, who did I say was a start? Who did I say was a sit? And what's my accuracy looking like? So we'll get to that at the end. And then we'll continue that going forward. So looking at injuries, what you need to know. The Patriots lost linebacker Matthew Judon for the year. They lost cornerback first round Christian Gonzalez, who's out for the year. The Bills, in the same division, lost their cornerback, Tredavious White, who's out for the year. The Dolphins, in the same division, lost their offensive tackle, Teron Armstead, but he's got a knee issue. We're not really sure how long he's going to be out, but we know he's out this next week. Terrible week for the AFC East, but really, in terms of long-term injuries or significant injuries or things we need to know about for this this week for sure, that's kind of all I got because, you know, Kenny Pickett, it looks like he might play. Justin Herbert, he hurt a finger on his left non-throwing hand. So like little stuff like that, nitpicky stuff, I'm not really that worried about. It's more about these big things. And some takeaways from this is is really that division just got a whole lot easier in terms of the defenses because the Bills lost their best corner and maybe their best defensive player. The Patriots lost two of their best defensive players. So things will be a little bit easier for Tua Tagovailoa. Hopefully his offensive tackle comes back soon. Things will be a little bit easier for Zach Wilson, a little bit easier for Josh Allen. You get my uh, you get my drift. So that's kind of what we got on the injury roundup. Now let's talk, talk about my starts, and I will also show you what I did last week, what I said last week. So last week, Justin Fields was my start at the Broncos, and we smashed it. Justin Fields had 27.9 points, 27.9 points in four point per passing touchdown leagues. So absolute smash, killed it, knocked it out the park. This week, I've got two for you. Sam Howell, Thursday, first the Bears, which usually this podcast comes out after the Thursday night game, but because of my schedule, some things that I've been doing, shifting things around, I actually had to do this episode a little bit earlier, so I'm recording this, obviously, before the Thursday night game. Sam Howell's going to be a start for me versus the Bears. I picked him up in a couple spots where I had Geno, and he's on bye. So I am actually, myself, playing Sam Howell versus the Bears. The Bears' defense sucks. Howell is rolling, and he's playing with house money. He's He's got good weapons, he's spreading the ball around, he's got some legs, he's extending some plays, and he's looking good. So Sam Howell, to me, is a good start versus the Bears this week, and Calvin Ridley is another one versus the Bills. Now, you guys know that my starts are usually people that you might not always want to start, 
well, Calvin really, it's, you know, somebody that you're starting every week. So why is he in my start column? Like, yeah, obviously. It's time to regain confidence in him. He's going to have a really good week. The Bills don't have a lockdown cornerback with Tredavious White out now because, look, this is this is why it's important to know those corners, right? Because corners, that, that plays a big role in which wide receivers to play versus which teams. And so Calvin Ridley, he's been somebody I've been staying away from the past couple weeks because of his cornerback matchups. But now, and I would have this week as well if Tredavious White was healthy, but now that he's out for the year, there's not a lockdown corner on the Bills to, to kind of just focus on Ridley to make them go elsewhere. So Ridley is probably, especially since he's coming off two bum games, probably going to have a nice showing versus the Bills. And I want you to be fully confident in starting him. Now let's talk about some sits. I've got two for you this week, and I had one last week. My last, my sit last week was Rashad White versus the Eagles. And, er, sorry. Last week, oh wait, two weeks ago, sorry. I I, I put him versus the, uh, versus the Eagles. That was two weeks ago. Last week, I had Rashad White as a sit versus the Saints. And he had 10.8 points. So I wouldn't say that was a smash because... A smash would be if somebody's if I'm saying sit someone for me to smash that out the park, they gotta have like you know six points, seven points, five points. He had ten point eight, so I would say that's a hit because it's not necessarily somebody you really want to be starting ten points. So that's still a good call, but not a smash like the first one. This week I've got two sits for you, which is actually kind of funny. And you might think it's counterintuitive, but it's not necessarily. So Calvin Ridley's a start for the Bills. I want you to be confident in him. But I don't want you to be confident in Trevor Lawrence versus the Bills. Or at the Bills, I should say. They're the away team. The Bills' defensive line is going to tear Trevor up. Now, Calvin Ridley can have 100 yards and 7 receptions, 17 fantasy points. Might have a touchdown. And Trevor Lawrence could go 200 yards for an interception and a touchdown and 10 rushing. And he's not somebody that you want in your lineup. You would want to have sat him in that scenario. And I think that's kind of what we're looking at. I think Calvin really is going to have a big share, a big uh, role in the offense this week for the Jags, but I don't think they're going to have a great offense overall. So Calvin Ridley could be confident in, but for me, I'm sitting Trevor Lawrence if I can versus or at the Bills. And then the other one is Ramondre Stevenson versus the Saints. The Saints defense right now is very good. The Patriots don't have a threat to pass. They're the Saints, when they're playing the Patriots, they're not worried about Mac Jones hitting them over the top. Oh, got to watch out for the deep ball. That's not something that's going through their their minds. So they know that they can key in, focus in on the run game, because that is the best part of the Patriots' offense right now, even though that hasn't been that great either. The whole offense as a whole hasn't been great. Um, but Ramondre Stevenson versus the Saints, if I can sit him, I would like to, because the Saints' defense is very good. It's I think the Saints are probably going to win. I think it's going to be close, but I think the Saints are going to win. The Patriots are not going to be by any means playing with the lead and running the ball a whole bunch, and I, I just it's not a good matchup. So for me, Ramondre Stevenson, if you can sit him, I'm sitting him. Now let's talk about one trade target. My trade target of the week is going to be Matthew Stafford. You've got to buy low on Matthew Stafford. I'm telling you, you got to. He is the number two quarterback right now in passing yardage in the league. He has in four games, one thousand. 229 passing yards without a Cooper Cup. However, he is the number 27 quarterback in passing touchdowns. So he's number two in yardage, number 27 in touchdowns. 
Now, if you're looking at those two stats, the sticky stat, the stat that is predictable and more reliable over the course of the season is the yardage. So that's great. That's great. That's a good thing. The thing that's unpredictable, unreliable, volatile, hard to predict before a season starts for somebody and changes vastly game to game to game is touchdowns. And he's 27 in touchdowns. Well, if somebody's number two in yardage and number 27 in touchdowns, that touchdown number is going to come up. Maybe the yardage goes down a little bit, but that's just because he's so high. There's not really much room to grow, right? But touchdowns, that's going to go up. He's only got three touchdowns in four games right now, despite throwing for 300-something yards a game. He's only got one touchdown per game. Come on. That's going to change. And if you actually look at Matthew Stafford himself over his career, right? And I would say, once since Cooper Cup's coming back, this is going to be better than his average cast that he's had over his, his career. Yes, I, I'm not forgetting about Kevin Johnson. His whole average cast, I would say, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, Tutu Atwell, Van Jefferson, and the mind of Sean McVay is going to be better than what he's dealt with for most of his career, right? Matthew Stafford averages a passing touchdown for every 158 passing yards, okay? This year, he is averaging a passing touchdown for every 410 passing yards. That is a ridiculous difference that is going to even out. You're going to see positive regression, and he's going to start getting those touchdowns. Okay, Kyron Williams has just been stealing them all. People keep getting tackled inside the five, and Kyron Williams keeps topping off, finishing off the drives. That's not going to continue. So even if Cooper Cup did not come back, even if Cooper Cup did not come back, he would still be, Matthew Stafford, a buy low for me. Statistically and historically, right now, based off of his production in every other category other than touchdowns, he should have eight touchdowns right now. Off his career averages, he should have eight touchdowns based off of what he's been doing, specifically his passing yardage, and he only has three. Well, if he had those eight touchdowns that he should have, that would make him QB6. QB6 right now. And that's not even factoring that Cooper Cup's coming back. Cup is coming back, obviously, which will make the offense even better. Stafford looks great. He is a buy-low candidate all over it. Now let's talk about some DFS picks. Worth the money. Somebody that is worth paying up for in DFS this week. Last week, I picked Anthony Richardson versus the Rams. That was a smash. Second highest scoring quarterback on the week, 29.6 points. I also picked Darren Waller versus the Seahawks. That was a miss. Only 5.1 points uh, put up by Darren Waller, so that was definitely a miss. He was not worth the money. This week, I have three for you. Matthew Stafford is one versus the Eagles. Kind of just talked about a whole bunch of stuff. Cup should be back this week. Even if not, still all over it. There's a very high over-under in this game, one of the highest of the week at 50.5. Matthew Stafford has been tearing it up. He just hasn't had touchdowns. That's going to change. And the Eagles are vulnerable in the secondary. They are not a vulnerable run defense. They are vulnerable in the secondary. So this could be the week that Stafford has three touchdowns. So I think he's going to be very well worth the money. I could put him in my start category as well. But, you know, starting and worth the money, he's he's in both categories for me. Kirk Cousins versus the Chiefs is another one. Kirk Cousins does good at home, and he does good when he's forced into a situation that, cause, uh, that asks for high pass volume. And that's what the situation is going to be versus the Chiefs. The Chiefs are going to be up, they're going to be winning, and the Vikings are going to be trying to 
keep pace, and they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. Negative game script. That's what you want for Kirk Cousins. And it's a negative game script when he's at home. That's a perfect matchup for him to produce once again. The first time he has not been good for fantasy pretty much this year was the Panthers game because they were in the Panthers game most of the time and they didn't need to pass the ball that much. So I got no worries that they're going to be down against the Chiefs and Kirk Cousins is going to produce. And the last one is actually kind of just a position for a team because there's two guys is the Lions running backs. I can never tell you. I don't know. You know, is this going to be the week that Jameer Gibbs gets a touchdown? Uh, Who knows? But I do know the Lions running backs as a whole. You pick whoever you want out of the room. But the Lions running backs as a whole versus the Panthers this week, I am all over. They're going to be worth the money. Vegas is giving the Lions 28 points in this game because they're favored by 10. And if you look at their over-under and the fact that they're favored by 10, that means Vegas has the Lions at almost 28 points exactly. It's either 27.5 or 28.5. I don't remember. But 28 points. That's a lot. And they're playing against the Panthers. They're favored by 10. That's a running back game all day. They're going to be playing with a lead. They're going to be pounding the clock out. They're going to be running all over the Panthers. Like It's it's just a very good situation. The Lions are also at home, I believe. Um, yeah, they are. The Lions are at home, so that's just it's a beautiful matchup. Montgomery and Gibbs are going to feast, and they're going to be worth money, worth the money that you're paying in um, DFS. And then let's talk about some fades. Last week, my fade was Mike Evans versus the Saints. That was a hit. He had seven fantasy points. Now, he was doing pretty good um, until he left the game. He could have finished with maybe, you know, 12 or 14, um, and then it would have not been a hit. But also, it wouldn't have been really a bad call because when you're paying for somebody like Mike Evans, you need 20-plus for it to, to be a payoff in DFS. But Mike Evans had seven points, so that was a nice hit. This week, my fade. It's going to be hard for you to sit this guy with what he's done. So that's why I didn't put him on the sit list. It's going to be hard for you to sit him, but I'm definitely not paying up for him in DFS right now, and that's Nico Collins at the Falcons. The over-under is 41. That's very low, one of the lowest in the on the week. Nico Collins will probably be tied up with A.J. Terrell, and I, I bring this up all the time when we're talking about starts and sits. If you've got a big wide receiver, somebody who's not super fast versus the Falcons, you want to look a different direction because A.J. Terrell is going to give him a tough run. When you look at London, A.J. Terrell, guess who he, who he was on? Guess who was given a hard time? Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley did not produce much of anything. He had, I think, one reception or two receptions last week versus A.J. Terrell. Well, Nico Collins is not a fast burner He's a bigger, bigger guy, and A.J. Terrell's a big corner who knows how to deal with that. He's very similar to a Carlton Davis, who's another cornerback to stay away from when he's healthy in fantasy. A.J. Terrell and Carlton Davis, both of them are guys, corners that don't get talked about in fantasy, but they should because they're cornerbacks to avoid, and nobody talks about them. They only talk about, you know, like um, Patrick Sartan and Sauce Gardner and all these Guys, but A.J. Terrell and, and uh, Carlton Davis, they just get slept on. But they're guys that you need to stay away from, too. Nico Collins is going to have A.J. Terrell all over him. So this is probably, this week is probably a Tank Dell game. Now, we've got our deep dive. So last week, 
My deep dive of the week last week was Michael Wilson versus the 49ers, which absolutely smashed 26.6 fantasy points from the deep dive of the week. That is ridiculous. And the week before that, my deep dive of the week was Tank Dell, who had like 30-something points. That was an even better smash. I am on a roll with these deep dive of the weeks. And I remember uh, week one, I I actually used the same doc and I I go over everything. So I don't have the docs of my shows from week one and week two. But I remember that week one, my deep dive of the week, that week was Hayden Hurst, who finished as the tight end one or two on the week. So my deep dives have been good. And my deep dive this week is it's ultra deep. Like you, you cannot get a player cheaper than this, literally, in DFS. So this is like, if he plays, this is your super deep dive of the week. But this one can't be held against me because literally, this is like the, this is what I called it, the ultra deep dive can't be held against me shot in the dark tournament winner play. That is what this is. And it's Kyle Phillips at the Colts. Kyle Phillips is a wide receiver for the Tennessee Titans. He has played one game. He was a rookie last year. He played in one game. He played. He didn't even make it to the second half. In the first half, he had nine targets. In the first half of his first game as a rookie, last year he had nine targets, then he was out for the season. He is back. He's healthy. He should be coming off IR this week at the Colts. He is $3,000 on DraftKings. That is the minimum amount that you can put for any player. So this is, like, if he puts up eight points, that's a hit. That's a good that's a good pickup for the $3,000. Now, I think he might have potential if he's playing to give you 14, 15. So, this is the deep dive of the week, Kyle Phillips. And just to go over my record for the season so far. My record on, you know, like my my calls being correct, whether it's a sit or a start or a deep dive or whatever. My record right now is 11-4, and four, which is awesome. That's probably not going to continue to that level of success. My success rate being almost 70% is, that's, whew, whew, it's pretty, it's pretty tough. Um, because, you know, out of 15 picks, I've gotten 11 of them right. So just about 70% success rate, which usually, you know, the best you're going to get is between like 55 and 60 Maybe like on the high end, like 62, 63% success rate. So right now I'm killing it, but it will come down at some point. But as long as I can be in that range, that success range of, you know, that 55 to 62, 63%, then I'll be very happy. And that means the majority of my calls, because it's, you know, that's more than half, the majority of my calls will be right. So my record right now is 11 to 4. I've got eight smashes, three hits, and four misses. My smashes are like the ones that knocked out the park. Hits are like good calls, but like they weren't crazy good, but they were good calls. And then misses are obviously calls that I got wrong. So um, right now, eight smashes, three hits, four misses. So that's a success rate of 11 to 4, which is about 70%. So that's what I've got. We'll see how I do when this week is over. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited for this week, and if you guys want my breakdowns of games that I've watched every single snap of, go check out the Patreon, Dynasty Rewind, um, link in the bio on all of my socials, and good luck this week. Peace.